0: The World Economic Forum's Global Risks Report 2024 is out, and this year's edition provides a typically negative outlook on worldwide risk. But according to John Scott, head of sustainability risk for Zurich Insurance Group, the new emerging and longstanding risks identified in the report also provide opportunities. There's a new top concern among the short-term risks, and the long-term threats are once again dominated by environmental concerns. Misinformation and disinformation were ranked as the risks most likely to have an impact on the world in the next two years. Extreme weather events was the number two risk over a two-year time frame and topped the list of risks over a 10-year period. Welcome to Future of Risk, presented by Zurich North America. We explore the changing risk and resilience landscape and share insights on the challenges facing businesses to help you meet tomorrow prepared. I'm David Hilgen. Our guest on the podcast is John Scott, who is also one of the contributors to the annual report, which is produced in collaboration with Zurich and Marsh McLennan. John, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, David. Nice to be on the show.
0: I mentioned, John, that the number one short-term risk this year was misinformation and disinformation, making its debut at the top spot. Were you surprised by this?
1: Yeah, it's the first time we've had that risk in the uh, Global Risk Report. So it was kind of uh, surprising, but actually in a way not surprising given what we know about this year being a year of elections and sure. with the oncoming threat of easily available artificial intelligence uh, generative AI tools, then all of a sudden it doesn't become such a surprise.
0: I want to dig a little deeper in, in that you mentioned uh, artificial intelligence or AI, Um one of the biggest topics for the past year plus. What role does AI have in the rising concerns over misinformation and disinformation?
1: Well, look, for for centuries, uh, humans have tried to influence other humans, and we're very Mm -hmm. familiar with the concepts of propaganda. But I think what's different over the last year, and you'd have to be a hermit living on the top of a mountain not to know that uh, generative AI is the latest news in the last 12 months. I mean, it's an incredibly Powerful and easy to use tool set. Um, but we all know also that that tool set can be used to manipulate news. We can create deep fake videos. We can create fake information. And of course, we're all very susceptible to that in a world of social media use where it's difficult to discern what truth really is. Interesting.
0: So I want to talk about the extreme weather events. It held the top spot among long term risks, followed by three other environmental risks in the top five. Why do you think weather and climate risk continue to lead the list of long-term risks?
1: Well, I think it's super interesting about weather because weather, mm-hmm. uh, extreme weather risk, is the number one risk right now this year mm-hmm. in the view of the respondents to the survey. As you said, it's the number two risk in the uh, two-year time frame and the number one risk in the top ten years. So. Yeah. You know if you take that all together everyone's worried about extreme weather and and who wouldn't be i mean think sure. back over the last 12 months uh, i mean you know there have been floods there have been periods of extreme heat and wildfires you know really really extreme weather and, and in part we think the scientists think that's you know anthropogenic human influence climate change gradual warming it's the warmest year on record mm-hmm. But in part, it's also due to the El Nino uh, effect of the ENZO. So, you know, it's a bit difficult to discern why it is, but it's really obvious to us what the outcomes are and how we have to adapt to it.
0: Yeah, interesting. So what else? You've looked at the report. You actually contributed to it. What else stood out to you from the results of the Global Risks Perception Survey?
1: Well, I think the world's risk landscape is mm-hmm. uh, in flux, and we live in a quite a fragmented world. And in fact, the cover of the Global Risk Report, uh, actually, a lot of people ask me, what is the cover? When you look at it, it's actually a set of ice flows uh, from an ice sheet that's breaking up. Okay. And I think that that describes the world really well, because you know, we know these global risks exist. We've been tracking them for quite some time now. This is the 19th edition of the Global Risk Report. Yeah. But actually, in the last four years, and particularly in the last year, I think what we're seeing is kind of like a lot of movement. There's some events that have been happening, and some of those are to do with these technology risks like artificial intelligence or the e- easy access to at least generative AI. Yeah. Uh, this risk about misinformation and disinformation in this year of elections, you know, three billion people globally are going to the polls in a range of different democracies. Yeah. Uh, and, and we've got these risks around... Uh, well, environmentally related risks over the long time horizon. And and these are all things that are playing out in the risk landscape as we are. So it kind of feels like many of the risks that we have been concerned about for quite some time are actually moving. And we see that, you know, not least in actually some of the conflicts that have manifested, um, you know, obviously uh, Ukraine, but also in Gaza.
0: I imagine if the survey had been done a little bit uh later i think it was done in september you might see a interstate conflict uh, rise even higher on the list
1: yeah i think so it's already number five over the next two years so people are very sensitive to it and and we think about the geopolitical situation and the geostrategic uh, position around the world i think you know again this kind of concept of things being frozen for a while you know there are some conflicts that you know quite frankly people have been wondering whether they're going to set off and and now Actually after you know the events in the Middle East we're wondering whether other areas might heat up.
0: Yeah. Well by the way I want to thank you for identifying the image on the cover. I didn't know what it was myself. I thought it was either a stone wall or or maybe the ice wall in the Game of Thrones series, but now now I can oh. now I, I'll look at it differently.
1: <laughs> I know what it is. No, that's right. I mean, a lot of people have that misconception. In fact, uh, I often ask audiences to to tell me and vote and tell me uh, how many of them know what it is, and and very few people get it right.
0: Interesting. I want to talk about the economic concerns. They they also play a big part in this year's report, uh, including cost of living crisis, inflation economic downturn uh, economists have been warning of a pending recession in 2024 but it's beginning to look like we may be making a soft landing as inflation rates cool can you can you explain like what happened and can business leaders relax now and breathe a sigh of relief
1: I'd love to say we can all breathe a sigh of relief but that's not how it works with global risks i think it's no. uh, you know keep on your toes and stay agile is the answer i mean sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, all through last year, economists were saying, look, it's obvious, isn't it? There's been an increase in energy costs. There's been a cost of living crisis. There's been general inflation and yeah. so you know, levels of inflation in the G7 nations we haven't seen since the 70s. And there's a response. Central banks were increasing interest rates. And again, that's a, a massive change after the last 14 or 15 years of effectively free money with ultra loose monetary policies everywhere after the great financial crisis in 2008. Yeah. You know, the world looks like a totally different place. And it doesn't take much of a then follow-on logic to say, well, look, we've got indebted companies. Uh, we've got private individuals indebted. Uh, if they suddenly have to pay more for debt, then all of a sudden that affects consumer demand. It affects the abilities of yeah. companies to pay there. And then suddenly we're into a financial market downturn and then a recession. The reality is, as you say, there's been a soft landing, especially in the United States. I think that speaks volumes about the quick response of the Fed and, and other central banks around the world, especially in the G7 nations, to tame immediate inflation risk. It's still there. Because there's you know you just need an uptick in global energy costs and that affects inflation definitely, but I think the other thing is uh, you know there's quite a lot of resilience in the economy, especially the U.S. economy. You think about tight employment market, and you think actually about some of the factors like corporate bonds. With uh, you know companies have been preparing for this, they've been issuing bonds over a much longer time uh, uh, sort of tenors, so they've actually managed to lock in some of the low interest rates for longer. So I think you know we should keep on our toes, as I say, but you yeah. know watch out. I mean, in places like Europe, for example, we're seeing Germany with reduction in growth, in fact, sort of negative uh, growth just recently. And then, you know, we've seen, you know, even in the S&P 500, uh, if you take out the top seven tech stocks, actually, in the last year, there's been an 8% reduction in growth in the uh, return from the S&P 500. And historically, the price equity ratios are incredibly high. So we're not out of the woods. So pay attention.
0: Yeah. Oh, thanks for that. I mentioned at the beginning, you've spoken about how the risks identified in the global risk report also provide opportunities. What do you mean by that?
1: Ah, oh, Well, that's really, I think that's uh, super interesting. I mean, it's very easy to read something, well, like any risk report and come sure. away feeling mildly depressed. These are big issues, they're challenging issues. But, you know, it's you know, depends on your perspective. I think here about the structural forces that we use to describe what drives, you know, the trends that kind of drive how the, yeah. some of these global risks develop. One of them is the sort of demographic shifts we're seeing. Obviously, there are many countries, especially in the Northern Hemisphere, uh, developed nations, where, you know, they're aging populations, they've got very big challenges in the economy because. Not enough people to work in the economy and uh, challenges with old age care provision and health care provision is extremely expensive, public health and private health. Um, So, you know, there's a massive challenges. And so this all looks kind of a bit dystopian if you look at it from that perspective. But if you're in the global south, you're thinking, gosh, you know, places like Africa with high population growth rates, a lot of well educated young people with aspirations. You know, and they're kind of looking at these challenges for the global north as opportunities. Of course, that raises all sorts of interesting questions about migration. But, you know, look at the United States over the last 200 years, a country built on migration, initially from Europe and more recently from uh, Asia and Latin America. But I mean, what a fantastically powerful economy and society that's been. But we have to manage the thinking about migration. And, you know, as I say, it depends on your perspective. Some people, this is a great opportunity for some people it isn't.
0: Yeah i think it is important to look at the risks and then and not get depressed about it and think about there are opportunities here and you can't ignore the risks
1: yeah and i think you know the other piece about the opportunities is how do you address them i mean t- yeah. you know traditionally we'd have looked at the world and gone oh well we do this all through multilateral agreements uh, international agreements uh you know we used to live in that kind of world we don't live in that kind of world anymore You know, organizations like the World Trade Organization are no longer sort of as effective as they were. Uh, We live in a multipolar world uh, where, you know, agreements at a global level don't either happen or they're not effective. But I think the reality is when we look at global risks, an awful yeah. lot of global risks are managed at a local level. And in my industry, you know, the insurance industry, you know, we deal with a lot of risks at a local level. We pay out claims at a local level. So if you think of something like flood, for example, you don't solve the problems of flood around the world by making some big global agreement. You do it at an intensely local level. Uh-huh. So. You know, I think there are real opportunities. And I think, you know, individual actions, you know, of individual citizens. It was New Year's just recently. I'm sure all of you have had your own uh, New Year's resolutions, maybe changing your diet or, you know, buying an electric vehicle or maybe travel less to reduce your carbon footprint, you know insignificant impact on your own. But if lots of people do that, the collective action is huge and the impact is big. So, you know, there's lots of ways of doing it. Local strategies, collective actions of individuals, breakthrough endeavors. You know, look at that amazing vaccine uh, development pace yeah. that you know happened during the COVID-19 pandemic. You know, amazing collaboration between governments and the private sector to develop these things in record time. And, you know, cross-border collaboration, you know, it still works. It still can work. And for some global risks, it's really important. So things like strategic arms, limitation treaties, you know, that's uh, to manage the risk of weapons of mass destruction. You know, that's uh, the proliferation of those weapons. Then that's really important to reinvigorate and make those things work.
0: Yeah, well, I feel better already. It's nice to to end on a a positive note. John, I want to thank you for joining us on this Future Rights Podcast and sharing your valuable insights on the global risks report.
1: You're very welcome.
0: And thanks to our listeners. This has been Future of Risk presented by Zurich North America. If you like the show, leave a comment or review wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Or drop us a note at media at zurichna.com. We hope you join us for future episodes. Future of Risk presented by Zurich North America. If you like the show, we'd appreciate it if you left a comment or review wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Let us know what you think at media at zurichna.com. And join us next week.